and welcome to Art Waves, a podcast about arts and culture in small rural towns. My name is Marian Myers, and I'm curious to learn more about the arts and the impact they have on my small town of Port Perry in the rural township of Skugog, Ontario, in the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of Skugog Island. I've discovered a wide variety of passionate people creating, coaching, and connecting in my community. And today we're talking to Lauren Gould, who is the CEO of the Robert McLaughlin Gallery. Hello. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. This is really cool to get to talk to you. You and I only just met this summer. We did. (laughs) Right? Through a totally different circumstance than planning this. So really wonderful. But we'll, and we'll get to that. Okay. We'll talk about that. But so tell us, first of all, what, you know, I was really curious, what's the role of a CEO at an art gallery? What do you do? Um, I think that depends on the art gallery you work at, <laughs> for sure. Um, a CEO at some of the really big institutions is, is going to have a very strong oversight role and really be leading the vision, doing a lot of delegating, which is important in any leadership role, obviously, um, and doing a lot of networking, a lot of advocacy, working with stakeholders. And that's something that's very important to my role for sure. But because we are a small team, so the Robert McLaughlin Gallery or the RMG has a team of about 14 permanent staff that fluctuates depending on interns and short-term contracts that we have. Um, I also really like to be an active participant in the goings on of the gallery. So if that means that I'm putting out chairs for an event or I'm restocking the fridge in our staff lounge with bubble water and buying everyone's favorite treats, then then that's what's happening. So I do participate uh, actively in our programming. Um, I work really closely with our senior curator and our programming team, which also includes folks of our learning and engagement staff. Um, and sort of questioning and making decisions about what we want to do um, to make sure that we're connecting with community um, and making sure that art is cultivating care within that community as well. Uh, I also work closely with our director of finance and operations and with managing the building um, and facilities development um, is something that we've been working towards, making sure that our building is really doing its best for us, taking care of the collection and also doing its best for the community as well. We don't want the space to be empty at any time. A lot of people need space within the community. So we like to be able to open our doors for them. Um, And I also work with our development and fundraising, our membership, our shop, our visitor engagement. So I sort of have my hands in a little bit of everything um, and just try and support the staff in doing what they want to do within their work and what they feel is, is most important to them. Um, I'm the direct link to the board of directors and our committees as well. So I do act as that liaison from the board to the staff team. Um, And that's a really important connection for me as well, because I think there are times when a board of directors can seem, you know, uh, connected to the organization as one of those sort of dotted lines on an org chart, very important one, but don't necessarily know the staff team or know what's going on organizationally. And I want to make sure that that relationship is demystified, for lack of a better word. So the staff feel like they can connect directly to the board and, and vice versa, um, because we're all working towards the same goal at the end of the day. So that board relations piece is, is something that's also important to my role. Um, 
I think one thing that I really like to do is just is really just support the team in doing what what they want to do and what feels important to them um, and supporting artists to do to do their work and making sure we're getting um, money into the hands of artists to commission new work, uh, to purchase work, to make acquisitions is always really exciting. So every day looks very different for me um, and maybe a little bit different from a traditional quote unquote CEO role. Mm-hmm. You know what? For somebody who's never been to the Robert McLaughlin Gallery, can you describe it to us? Yeah, for sure. So the RMG was founded in 1967. Um, there was a driving sense in Oshawa at that time that they really wanted to have an art gallery. So they actually had a temporary space above a storefront in downtown Oshawa um, and called it the Art Gallery of Oshawa. And then there was a sort of drive from the city and also from the McLaughlin family to open an art gallery. Um, the McLaughlin family already had very uh, sort of deep connections to the arts. Isabel McLaughlin was an artist herself, as was Alexandra Luke, who was married to Ewart McLaughlin. So they decided to fund uh, an art gallery being built in Oshawa. And the first one was open. It was actually open in 1968 on the land where it is now. And the original facade of the gallery you can still see when you walk in the front doors. Uh, so in 87, Arthur Erickson designed what is now the Robert McLaughlin Gallery, that building. He also designed the National Gallery of Canada. Mm-hmm. And you'll see some of those echoes when you come into the space in terms of the atrium, the symmetry, um, a lot of curvature, a lot of chrome. Um, so it definitely speaks to what would be sort of hallmarks of his design and his aesthetic. Uh, so when people come into the space, it is very beautiful. Um Art galleries can seem really intimidating for a lot of people to come into. We hope that as soon as you cross the threshold, that intimidation factor is gone. We really want people to feel welcome and feel a sense of belonging coming into the space. It's free. So even if you come in the front doors and step into the lobby and you go see the first exhibition, it's not free. You can leave. You haven't lost anything, but you may gain a whole lot. Um, We always have a permanent collection exhibition on display as well as two special exhibitions. Sometimes those exhibitions are traveling from other regional public art galleries, and sometimes they are um, exhibitions that our staff have curated themselves, um, working with either one artist or with a group of artists. And then on our garden level or our, our lower level, we have our education spaces. So there's a studio, which is always active and alive. We're now back to sort of full day school programming, which is really exciting yes. um, on a regular basis for the first time since the pandemic. And we also have an artist studio down there and yeah. Gallery A, which hosts our emerging artists exhibitions, as well as some community galleries, uh, community exhibitions as well. Yeah. yeah, Actually, the placement of the building and how it's set into the land and when you, whether you drive or walk up to it, mm-hmm. because you kind of look down to it as you come in uh, or drive in or walk in, it, it is very peaceful and mm-hmm. it's, and it's not intimidating and then it backs down onto a little bit of creek. Yeah. 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 Is we that back- the Oshawa? It is the Oshawa Creek. Creek. Yeah. 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 And so it's quite pretty. And when you walk out the back, it's quite pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's almost got, you don't hear city sounds around right there either. Be- no. And I think because it's in this little dip of, of land, it's, it's really nicely situated. It's quite quite pretty yeah we think so and I'm glad I'm glad it doesn't feel intimidating yeah (laughs) that's a good thing to hear I think for me any building that has a number of steps up to it and obviously ramps were fully accessible but anything that has a number of steps up to it it just I don't know it feels like there's this intimidation factor and there's also 
it's a beautiful building there, but there's no color on the outside either. So sometimes it can be hard for people, I think, to, to even know or recognize that there's an art gallery there. So that's something we're working on. Uh, yeah, yeah, some more dramatic signs that are out front yeah, or some art out front. Some, art would be good. <laughs> some more art. Well, we and I, hope, out front. I love even on, I've seen this in art galleries that are older buildings and new buildings, but really fabulous big banners mm-hmm. and things that are out front that yeah. tell you something about a current show. And yeah. that's kind of along that line would be interesting. So I, you know, what I'm really curious about too is, um, how do you get that funded? Where, how's it funded? Who, who pays for that art gallery and the, the staffing and so on? Yeah. So we are very grateful to be funded by the city of Oshawa as our primary funder. Um, so we are arm's length from the city. We're not, uh, we're not a city run art gallery. Uh, we're separately incorporated with a board of directors as a registered charity. Um, but the city of Oshawa does provide about 40% of our funding annually. Mm-hmm. And then the balance of that comes from a bunch of different earned revenue sources. So whether that be fundraising that we're doing, other government grants. So we also receive funding from the Canada Arts Council, Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Uh, we often have special project grants that we receive from places like the Ontario Trillium Foundation, for example. And then we also earn revenues through our shop, our memberships, our venue rental program, our learning and engagement programs. Yeah, so that would include things like classes and, things. and workshops. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a bit of a mix, but definitely our, our primary funder is the city of Oshawa. Mm-hmm. And did the was there any legacy funding out of the McLaughlin Family Trust or? Yeah, so we do we do have uh, some endowed funds. So Isabel McLaughlin, um, Eileen Akid both made endowed gifts to the Robert McLaughlin Gallery. Um, there's a number of other sort of donors that have uh, what I would term as legacy funds. They're not endowed funds, but they're invested funds. So we do receive some investment income from those uh, those endowed funds every year as well. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great to feel needed and wanted isn't yeah. it and that's what a lot of that that fundamental funding does for an organization like an arts gallery because you you know you just you can't raise enough money on your own doing no. programming no no and i think one of the things that's really important to us as an organization and, and is in line with our values too is that we want as much as possible to be free and accessible so our admission exactly. is free. Programming like RMG Fridays is free. Our talks are free. We have free exhibition openings. Um, things that do have a cost like school programs, summer camps, workshops. But you, you those want to pay things. people to teach them. And we need to get materials and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So, as But as much as possible, we're trying to make it as, as cost effective when there is a cost associated with it, for sure. Yeah. Lauren, how did you get into this field? Um, well, I've always been very interested in the arts. Uh, there was certainly a period of time when I think I wasn't sure which area of the arts I was going to get myself into, uh, in high school because I was, uh, very involved in the visual arts, but was also, um, you know, taking theater and drama was also in the band playing percussion. I played the piano growing up, did ballet for a very short period of time, but was not coordinated enough. So that ended when I was about seven. So the arts have always been a really big part of my life. Um, and certainly, you know, growing up, my parents would take me into the city um, to see the big musicals that were coming to town at that time. Um, my mom would take me to the AGO and the McMichael because I grew up in Markham. 
And uh, when I was at Markham District High School, I had a really brilliant visual art teacher, Frank Smith, um, who at that time was also uh, the director of the York Region Board of Education Arts Camp. Um, so I went there every year for a week, and that was definitely a very formative experience in mm -hmm. my life. Um, also gave me my first taste of leadership because I was head camp counselor in my last year that I was there. And uh, from there, I went to Concordia University. It was the only university that I applied to for any sort of studio art or visual arts program. Um, and I went to Concordia for studio art and art history. And then after two years, decided that I wanted to add creative writing into the mix as well. So ended up with a triple major of sorts, I guess. And when I was working at Concordia, I also started working at the university. So I worked full time in alumni relations, doing events and fundraising. And once I finished school, I took a little bit of time off because I'd been working full time and going to school full time. I was much younger, so that was more possible then. And I then decided that I wanted to move from Montreal and I was either going to move to Vancouver or move to Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool <laughs> is where my, my mom is from, where my mom's family is from. They immigrated uh -huh. to Canada in 1966. So you'd been and visited. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd visited and decided to make the leap across the pond. And I moved to Liverpool in 2005. They were European capital of culture in 2008. So I thought there might be some good jobs going in the cultural sector and wanted to make the jump into that field. And I started working at National Museums Liverpool, which uh, runs eight different museum sites across Liverpool and Merseyside. And at that time, we're the largest cultural employer in the Northwest of England. And I worked as a learning officer at the Lady Lever Art Gallery, which is still my favorite job of all time. Uh, I worked with early years, little ones, up to, you know, people who were in their 90s suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia, um, doing some reminiscence programming, and just loved every minute of it. Had a really great team, and uh, it was my first time, even though National Museums Liverpool is a huge organization, the Lady Lever was very small. So I was able to, I guess, learn what it felt like to work with a very small group of people. Mm -hmm. at one venue. And when I was in Liverpool, I did my master's as well. I didn't plan on doing it when I left, but decided to. So I did my master's in cultural leadership at Liverpool John Moores University. I always knew I'd move back to Canada. And when I moved back, I ended up in Toronto, working at the School of Toronto Dance Theatre in Cabbage Town. Oh, yes. And uh, was oh, there for a few some years. great people yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really wonderful organization uh, who took a took a leap of faith a little bit with me as someone who'd never worked in the performing arts before, um, but obviously, you know, believed very deeply in arts education. And I think that they they saw and recognized that, which was great, but loved working there and learned a great deal. And then I started working at the Gardner Museum. I started the ceramics a, museum, yeah, the ceramics museum, which is right across from the ROM, um, does a lot of really brilliant programming and has changed a lot over the last 10 years, I would say. And while I was there, I was audience development manager, then senior manager of development and programs, then chief operating officer, and then saw the job at the RMG um, for the CEO position. So made the leap there. So arts has always been a very big part of my life. Um, for the, you know, to sum up a very long-winded answer to your question. Um, and I think the sort of deeper part of that is that community engaged arts has always been the most important part to me. So 
what really appealed to me about the RMG was how deeply they worked with community in the programming that they did. Um, that includes exhibitions as well as, you know, their learning and engagement programs too. Now, Lauren, we're, the distance and the time between the Robert McLaughlin Gallery and up here to Port Perry in our small town is, I don't know, it's a 20-minute 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Now, how do we, we've got a beautiful art gallery here uh, in our library. We have Skugog Arts with with its gallery. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a fine craft gallery at Metaphor. We've got more than most small towns might have in in the area of visual art. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also, as an organization, trying to, we do literary programming, um, literary contests, we do multidisciplinary arts festivals, culture days, that type of thing. But we don't um, really work together. And um, so I think there's some opportunity there. And I think there's some opportunity with small towns. How do Mm -hmm. you reach out to, I guess, beyond Oshawa? And is that even part of your mandate to do that? I think it should be part of everyone's mandate within the arts to collaborate and work with others. Um, It feels like something that's kind of like this intrinsic underlying thing we should all be doing. And I think that happens organically in a lot of different ways. I was very surprised when I came to the RMG that there was no regional arts council in Durham. There was mm-hmm. no City of Oshawa Arts Council, no Whitby Art. Like there were no city-led arts councils. There were certainly Pine Ridge, Skugog Arts. There was these and that's initiatives. It. There's exactly. just two. Really, you can see these initiatives happening in different sort of uh, spots within the region. But there wasn't there wasn't one organization that was sort of overarching throughout mm-hmm. the whole region. And I remember reading the RMG's vision statement at the time, which was arts and culture will flourish in Oshawa and Durham region and reading that and thinking this sounds like an arts council vision statement (laughs) or mission statement. Um, It's interesting that this is the RMG's and we still very much believe that. Um, Well, to take a leadership role in doing that. Yes, absolutely. Because you are the most beautiful building. Um, I mean, there is a gorgeous theater in Oshawa mm-hmm. as well, but yeah. it, you've got a beautiful building and space and entity within yeah. the community, but yeah. yes, let's, yeah. What, where else can we go? Yeah. Um, and I, I think it was spring of this year. So spring 2022, when I reached out to the team at the RMG and was just like, send me all your contacts and all the organizations, you know, of in Durham region that are at all involved in arts and culture and sent a blanket email out to all of those people basically saying, Hey, I'm new here. Cause I still feel very new to Durham. It's I've been at the RMG for two and a half years, but a large portion of that has been during lockdowns and during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I really want to get to know some more folks. I think there's more that we could be doing together and more through collaboration. And I think we should be advocating for a regional arts council who wants to come together and talk. So since that time, we've met about six or seven times with various groups of people. There's sort of been a core working group of about 10 folks Mm -hmm. um, at those meetings. And we're almost at the point where we're ready to send a letter um, to the regional chair and copy all the councillors and municipal mayors, et cetera, and sort of say, this is the path we see forward for really building up arts and culture within Durham region. 
at the very least, I do believe it's fostered a lot of connections and relationships across some organizations and individuals as well that yes, otherwise absolutely. wouldn't have been there. Yeah. Um, so that I, I see as a success already. And, and with any luck, the region is going to see some value in this um, and want to support, support that path. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, obviously. And I think to do something well, you often need to move meaningfully and with intention. And sometimes that takes a bit longer and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a, a certain amount of bravery and, and, uh, gumption. Yeah. And I, I think there's, you know, there's a little bit of fear and hesitancy too, because city of Oshawa is one of our primary funders. We all rely on funding from certain government sources. So there's always that little bit of hesitancy and fear of, am I doing the right thing? Is this a misstep? Have I talked to all the right people yet? If I haven't, will they forgive me? <laughs> All of those yeah. things along the line. So yeah. it has been important for us to keep in touch with the cultural officers and the municipalities through this process to keep talking to investorum. So like we have, this isn't going to come as a surprise um, to to the staff when we submit this request because um, we've been trying we've been trying to do it mindfully and maybe not as quickly as we thought when we first met back in April 2022. Yeah. But again, that's okay. Yeah. Well, we had some lovely outdoor meetings down we the did. back lawn at yeah. the RMG, and that's uh, that was quite cool. And I, I think that what's been interesting about that group, too, it's brought together people that are leading in, in, in their fields, but also some people that are more grassroots mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, part of their local scene, be it theater or music or but uh, it's been, it's diverse. It's quite a diverse group. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's some big differences between some of the rural areas in Durham Mm -hmm. and the city areas in Durham region. And we've long been trying to, you know, make those connections Mm -hmm. and. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even in one of our conversations that we had as a group about the strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and challenges for all of us working in the arts within Durham region, all of the urban sort of based folks uh, all remarked on how transit was a big plus and everyone in the rural settings was like, hang on, transit is a big barrier. <laughs> That's yeah. a challenge for us. So it was also interesting to see some of the tensions within within that one group too. Yeah. I have uh, a staff member and we've had a couple that are live in North Durham and they'll, they'll take the bus up and I end up driving them home because yeah. it just makes no sense. Yeah. It would take them two and a half hours and yeah. you know, whatever to get home. And it's literally a 12 minute drive. Yeah. Driveway to driveway just yeah. makes no sense. So yeah, transit's a, an issue in all rural areas. For sure. Right? Public transit is an issue. Yeah. And, uh, so yes, yes. That creates barriers and mm-hmm. it's, uh, and yet it's interesting how um, the schools that are here, for instance, in our small town, they're all walking distance mm-hmm. to all these, the galleries and things that we have in our theater and so on. And I still think we underuse that opportunity. Mm, yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how this this kind of rolls out. Um, it's a, The other thing, I mean, Durham Regents physically... A very large region. Yeah. I mean, you drive from Beaverton to, we talk about, oh, Port Perry to Oshawa to the RMGs at, you know, 20 minute drive, but 
Beaverton down to from one lake, mm-hmm. Lake Simcoe down to yeah. Lake Ontario. It's a long drive. Yeah. Well, even driving from Oshawa to Pickering at the wrong time of day can take you yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I the one thing we struggle with here, and of course, you're kind of representing uh, one of the pillars of art, visual art. And we struggle here, I find in, in Skugog with getting these pillars to interact. We've got visual art pillar. We seem to have a live theater pillar. We seem to have a music pillar, but there's not this overlap going on. And, um, you know, how might we overcome that? How, or how might we build those relationships. Yeah. I think it can be hard sometimes within any sector where there is overlap. So you're all seen as arts and culture, but you all do your own unique thing. I really hope that a lot of people are moving away from the sense of competition because mm-hmm. that's going to get us nowhere. Competition between fields yeah. or even between communities? Between between fields, between communities, between a theater organization and a music organization, like between all of these things, there can be this sense of competition. And I think, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that certainly felt a little bit more rife, whereas I really hope people are starting to lean in a, little, a lot more to collaboration and working together. Um, the RMG is never going to be a premier music venue. It's never going to be that. Um, but we do host RMG Fridays on monthly, um, usually, usually from January to May and then starting up again in September to December, which again has shifted in the pandemic. It's now February through to November because we do them outside and people mm-hmm. love to come outside. We're never going to be a premier music venue for those performances. But how can we support the musicians that then may go on to f- perform at the Biltmore Theater yeah. on King Street yeah. um, and to be able to promote what they're doing? So I think those relationships are just a matter of talking to each other and saying, what do you do better than me? Great. How can I amplify you and support you in doing that? Mm-hmm. There are going to be some things we can collaborate on and do together and support each other in. Durham Storytellers, for example, came out and did... Um, a little bit of a takeover at our RMG Fridays uh, in November, which was fantastic. But there are going to be things that we're just we're going to do better on our own. So how can we just cross promote? How can we share those things that are happening to our followers uh, on social media, to our e-news subscriber bases? Um, and how can we maybe find a couple of moments during the year where there's a big promotional push to everybody who lives in Durham? that may get beyond Durham too, because I know we all love tourism, um, that really says this is the time you want to come to Durham and see all of the things. Yeah. So I think any relationship that gets developed, it's it's always going to be a little bit different. I don't think there's one formula or one method that mm-hmm. is, you know, the solve, the solve all for partnerships. Um, but I think if there's an organization out there that somebody wants to work with, the easiest thing you can do is knock on their door, pick up the phone and say, hey, Really like what hey, you're doing. Yeah. It would be great to chat. Yeah. And then just see where it goes. Yeah. We've been doing some things at Skugog Arts, like um, in the summer, we always do an annual juried show, mm-hmm. so a visual arts show yeah. in the summer. And then with uh, the summer staff, we'll pick four pieces of art that we think could inspire some great stories and poetry. Mm-hmm. And we 
our literary contest is an ekphrastic writing contest. So you, we ask the artist permission, can we keep re, um, yeah. reproducing your art and can we put it out there and feature your piece of art as one of the four pieces that people can write about? And during our annual jury trial, we also do a 10-word story contest. Nice. Come on in, you know, enter a contest, write a 10-word story about any one piece of art that's on view. So we we try to make those cross connections mm -hmm. in the public's mind too. So sometimes I think if we get the public thinking a certain way, yep. that then we actually get those arts practitioners thinking that way yeah. too, right? It's which comes first and yeah. Uh, yeah cross-pollinating ideas and so on. You probably do some things like that too. So part of it is doing the music. Um, yeah, yeah. So we we do a lot of partnership work at the RMG for sure. Um, partnerships are not something that's held within one person or one position at the organization. It's held within everyone. Um, so, you know, an example of that might be me as CEO reaching out to a whole bunch of people across Durham region to try and do some advocacy. Advocacy sort of fits within my role, so that makes sense. It might be Brendan, who's our manager of security and facilities, being the person that goes to the neighborhood conversations that the backdoor mission leads about how, how we sort of interact with and support um, the unhoused neighbors within downtown Oshawa. It might be mm -hmm. Sonia Jones, who's our curator of collections, working with the Ability Center on a project for the Thomas Boakley collection, which is a collection of archival photographs we have of Oshawa and Durham region, um, which is an open archive. So it continues to be built. So Sonia has been actively working to- Oh, it's gone digital? It's digital, it? yeah. yeah. Um, and we can add to it. Um, so it's not a closed archive. We can continue to add photographs to it. So Sonia has been doing a lot of work to make sure that stories that may have previously been untold um, are included within the Thomas Boakley collection. Um, so we've worked with AIDS Committee Durham in the past and Community Development Council of Durham to bring in refugee and newcomer stories uh, to the collection. Um, we, you know, we also partner with Durham College a lot. We support their thesis students. We've done work with their photography students before. So our partnerships look very different um, mm -hmm. in lots of different ways. Certainly musicians are folks that we've supported through RMG Fridays. Um, and, you know, just started to talk about what RMG Fridays are going to look like moving forward. And now that we've gone through a number of them post or at this stage of the pandemic, what do they look like and what do people want? Um, this is a formula that was working before, still gonna work now, we're not sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, partnerships have looked different for us, um, but I think one thing that is important within them is that it's okay to take a risk on something and have it fail. Not every yes. project's gonna work, not every partnership is gonna be as fruitful as the next one. And Some your of those first partnerships year will be. of doing something um, may, sort of fail against whatever benchmarks you might have set, yeah. but it might be that it just needs three more years of doing it. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's going to take off and yeah. be quite successful. I feel that way about culture days. Mm -hmm. you know, we've, yeah. we've done culture days for 11 years and been the, the leader in the community organizing it. And, you know, we thought for a couple of years there, oh, okay, here we was 700 people come out on this one day to yeah. do all this stuff. And then boom, all of a sudden we blew it up this year and had, you know, 2,400 people come out, Amazing. you know, for an afternoon. Like that's, that's great. substantially a yeah. different thing. And that was 10 years getting there. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, being patient is important too, yep, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. So, you know, what do we, 
what can we do? What do you recommend that people in small rural places do to build and, and help activate their arts community or build their arts community? Um, what could what could we offer them? What can we suggest to them? To the organizations or just to people? Mm-hmm. To people in general, yeah. Because <laughs> whether they're part of an organization or not, like yeah. it could be very simply that a community has a quilt guild yeah. and and maybe a music program of some kind and that's it. Yeah. But, you know, then how do those two maybe build? Yeah. yeah. I think with, with rural communities, of which I'm now a part of one, uh, yeah. personally, not professionally, um, is understanding what you've already got in the community. So some communities will already have a really strong music culture and maybe it's at the Mm -hmm. local pub on Friday nights and there's the same sort of few acoustic bands that play, you know, on a rotating basis or whatever it is, but sometimes leaning into what's already there um, and thinking about how to amplify or add to it can be can be what you need because if there's already an audience there for one thing mm-hmm. there's obviously people who are interested in this so yes. how how can we make them interested in these other things or how can we just you know provide more of a platform to the the musicians or the artists that they're already interested in yeah. so i think in looking at like what's already there what artists might already live in our community so colborne art gallery mm-hmm. the town of colborne there where yeah. they've got an art gallery yeah. but then that might be the focal point for some other things to yeah, happen in, sure. in that town. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And we see in um, Uxbridge that's near us where they've got a fabulous bookstore, Blue Heron Books. Yeah. And Shelly, who owns it, has done an amazing job of building up and you know, a small independent bookstore. But mm-hmm. what it is, is she takes advantage of the fact that, you know, they're an hour's drive from Toronto and they bring writers in and they have evenings where you yeah. come out and and get to hear major authors yeah. talking about their books and things and so you know it's built a culture of book clubs mm-hmm. uh, there got to be more book clubs in Uxbridge and Skookong <laughs> than there is anywhere else on earth I'm convinced because yeah. of blue hair and books and yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a very key thing for us and message in in Durham and uh, Oshawa just uh, launched their Oshawa tourism campaign recently and it's, has, it's hashtag I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need to go to Toronto mm-hmm. for all this stuff. You right. don't, actually. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of really great arts There's some and culture amazing live theater mm-hmm. out here. Yeah. Amazing live theater. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Look in your own backyard first. Yeah. Cool. We've all gotten very used to staying close to home over the last two and a half years. I know everybody really wants to travel and go far away, but look in your own backyard first. There's lots of good stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, and I think interesting, too, even the tourism um, funders and the tourism programming people. And I think of the RTOs, the regional tourism mm-hmm. yep. um, organizations, and we're part of RTO six, as you know, and central County's tourism, they're even recognizing that, Hey, um, tourism does start at home. Mm-hmm. And that if your locals aren't your tourists, yep. who else is going to come? Like if they don't appreciate and enjoy everything, who else is going to come? For so sure. they're realizing too, that, it's okay for organizations to kind of right now to be regrouping and yeah. really providing things that are yeah. fairly local in its audience because then as things pick up, those people will know more about their own community and invite friends and family. And yeah. Oshawa may mean. only be 20 minutes away, but not everybody has a week to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. So if they can just come 20 minutes up to Port Perry and have a whole different experience. 
they're yeah, tourists. Very it's cool. Fine. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's it's great, and and we have lots more fun. So, so what's next at the RMG? What else? What's coming up? Anything new going on? Uh, I think one of the, one of the things I'll mention uh, because you were talking about our backyard green space and being adjacent to the Oshawa Creek. So. This I sum- love that it's called a creek. Yeah. It's kind of sweet, you know? Yeah. It just makes you think that you're in a really small place. It's a creek. Well, well it, it was is a- once a really small place. <laughs> and it is a little. Yeah. It's not a big river. No, no, it's not. Um, but it is one of those waterways that connects Lake Ontario up to, you know, Skugog, Simcoe. Like it, you know, it's it, it travels, right? Mm-hmm. That's but one of the things that connects us is water. Um, but over, in the summer, we will be reopening our backyard space as a sort of community arts space and playground. So we've been working with the artist team Louette Projects and Brooke McElroy to design a new space for our backyard oh, um, cool. to support our programming, to reflect more of the art gallery outside as well. Um, so it'll be a really beautiful shade structure that they've designed, um, some play features, a lot of additional seating back there. Um, some urban farming that we're going to be doing um, in collaboration with the GAP committee uh, and some of the partnerships that we've developed recently, an indigenous garden that's going to be on the sort of lower level right adjacent to the creek Mm -hmm. Um, and just some more sort of natural seeding down there as well. So we're really excited about that and also the programming possibilities that it presents for us um, and how we're using our outdoor space and also meeting people where they're at. They're at right now in terms of comfort levels of being indoors versus outdoors. Not everybody's there yet. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all learned during the pandemic that being out in nature is just really good for our well-being and we should do it as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Um, we do have our sort of rotating exhibitions uh, that uh, we just opened Powerful Glow, which is a show that was curated by Lisa Myers, um, which I highly recommend everyone coming out to see. It's a group show of 11 Indigenous artists who were influenced by the work of um, Mike McDonald, who was a Micmac artist. Um, and the permanent collection show on right now is a little bit of a pandemic reflection that's called The Ties That Bind. Um, and Sonia Jones, our curator of collections, has brought together works that explore relationships and nature and history and community um, and really reflecting on some of those meaningful connections that we were looking for, especially during those periods of, of lockdown um, during the pandemic as well. So there's always rotating exhibitions. Um, our shop has some really beautiful things in it right now. Oh, cool. It's going to promote to folks um, and just, you know, look forward to all those arts, arts classes and workshops that keep coming back into the schedule as well. And, you know, I've encouraged everyone to come and explore their inner artist. Everybody's got one. Yeah. I think that's one of the things we've just discovered recently too at Skugog Arts is, the number of people in the last 18 months, like it's not been the whole 34, three, 34 months of the pandemic mm. we've been through, but in the last 18 months, people are really learning their other, picking up instruments again. They're learning to paint for the first time. It was interesting when we did that audit together mm-hmm. of, of all of um, Durham region and all the arts practitioners out there, how many of them said they were now practicing art for one to two years Mm -hmm. that I I thought, wow, no wonder, you know, our membership has grown. Um, it's people are looking for, um, or they found that niche now of, of creating, uh, of their, um, learning new things Mm -hmm. or bringing out their arts passion and 
That's yeah. been quite interesting to, yeah. to watch. Or coming back to something that they may have mm-hmm. put away for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, it did give us a moment in time to sort of reflect on the things that were most important mm-hmm. to us and that fed our souls. Yeah. And they found the time for. Yeah. And so then, yeah, it's been been interesting it means uh you know i find for us our strategic plans going to change going forward mm-hmm. that's one of those effects of covid it it's been maybe one of the positive ones yeah that we can look to how we can build on yeah so thank you very much oh my pleasure lauren it's been great talking to you and uh so to our audience uh as well chimegwech for spending time with us today Thanks to The Wanted for their song Before the Fall and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for the grant that got this done. Visit scugogarts.ca to get the scoop on what we're up to and uh, hit the subscribe button. Um, Join us every Tuesday for an episode of Art Waves.